0: Welcome back to Diva Dads, episode seven. We have a very special guest, and I am stoked for this evening. Um, Hey, what's going on with everybody?
1: Oh my gosh, we're closing up uh, week three of kids camp, so I'm great. I'm tired. It's amazing, but I am definitely ready for a break.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or Adrian has to be like with a a Bettis like like 18 hours of the day. Katie?
1: (laughs) I, I think he was hesitant at first, but I think he's all in now. He goes at his own pace, but I think he's fully invested in this story about Dorothy landing in a land of chickens.
2: Oh yeah. my gosh, I can't wait yeah. to hear about this. I, I <laughs> saw that there's a dragon in it. If you can put a dragon in anything, he's in.
1: Yeah. A dragon that can't breathe fire because he's not breathing properly from his diaphragm.
3: Oh, right. yeah, makes sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're brilliant. How <laughs> are y'all.
3: Doing good, doing good. Busy. Busy day, busy week. So,
1: mm-hmm. getting
3: that house finished up. So, mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. you don't
3: realize how much stuff you actually accumulate in fifteen years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, do y'all have like a
2: y'all have like an interim place? Like, what's what's the deal? I know your house has got a got a contract on it, but what's what's happening?
3: Oh, long story. We're putting everything in pods, and we will probably rent until we find us a house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not the dogs, though. Oh, no, not the dogs in storage. They're staying with us. (laughs) Well, my son... Oh, go ahead.
1: How was your week, Rodney?
2: My week was... My week has been driving back and forth to the theater because I take the the ginger midget at 8, and then I pick the ginger midget up at noon, and then we go do lunch, which is usually at my mom's house, and then I take Josie back to the theater... And then I go pick her back up from the theater and then we go out to like Lake Walk for rehearsals. So it's, it's been lots of, it's been lots of driving, probably the more, most I've driven in like three months.
1: Yeah, uh, I was thinking that the other day, having to fill up my car a lot more frequently than I used to. And partly it's because of Lake Walk, but I got yeah. to see you because we choreographed one of your numbers that is hilarious. I two can't of my wait. numbers. Two of your numbers two of your numbers um okay mike you told us some great house news last week uh now you're going to tell us a little bit about what you do
3: all right so uh i do insurance uh here in bryan college station i sell insurance auto home life insurance i've been doing it 11 years and um same company and i'm actually funny enough july 1st in a few weeks here I've been with a company called Nationwide Insurance for years, and now I'm actually getting ready to become an independent broker uh, to where I'll be able to represent multiple companies, so um, a lot of fun, and I thought at first I might sell the business, but um, great news, I'm actually keeping the business and staying, so that's going to be amazing. So, yeah.
5: We're happy to hear that.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Awesome, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, There is a little bit of theater news that I'm actually going to just mention briefly here, Um, but I'm going to leave it to Tyler Lewis to talk about, and I'm going to be posting, um, you're going to be seeing this episode this weekend, and by that point you will have already seen his theater news uh, on our Instagram, so don't forget to go to the Diva Dad's Instagram, but he's going to talk a lot about what's happening with the Black community on Broadway and how they're responding to this movement as a community, Um, so I'm looking forward to um, seeing what he has to say about that, but I want to get past Broadway and talk about our news and our little baby Broadway girl who's sitting right behind Rodney, and he's going to tell us all about her.
2: Yeah, so uh, my daughter Josephine, come on, come on in. So I had her hang, hanging out in the wings. You can pull up your chair and sit, be comfortable. Oh, so you're gonna stand? You're just gonna hover? Okay, that's Perfect. fine. All right. So this is Josie. Josie, Hi. you've been you've been going to uh, theater camp this week. How's that going? I
6: have. It's been lots of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What character are you playing in the story? <laughs> I'm playing Giuseppe, the sugar glider. The and attack. what what is unique about Giuseppe? <laughs> He's he screams Italian phrases <laughs> all the time.
0: Do you know Italian phrases? No. They're, they're <laughs> made us a sample.
2: Different kinds of pasta.
6: It's, I speak in fluent pasta.
3: <laughs> nice. Very, very, very nice. This story
6: was
1: mostly concocted by Brandon Top along with Ryan Top, and it is hilarious. Absolutely brilliant. And Josie, you are cracking me up every day. <laughs> But why else is Josie
2: here? Josie's also here because um I don't some of you may have noticed that our branding has changed a little bit on the page. It used to just be our ugly mugs. Uh but now uh we have been made much more beautiful uh <laughs> through the art of Josephine.
4: Yeah
2: so, uh, Josie created this for us.
4: Yeah.
2: And we You're put so her through the, we put her through the ringer too. We were like no, Mike doesn't have that big of a beard and
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> mainly about Mike's beard. That's pretty much all it was.
1: How was it working for your dad, Josie, for this on this project? Um
6: I don't I don't know. It was it was like working for my dad. I mean <laughs> he said, Can you draw this? And I was like, eh <laughs> so said, and then eventually he finally got me to do it.
2: How did so, I get you to do it?
6: Um, you didn't tell me you were gonna pay me, oh, that's, that's true. for sure,
0: yeah.
6: but I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid. Nice. Little girl.
0: Well, pay girl. her and give her a raise because our logo is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do have
1: a question, Josie. When I inevitably dye my hair again, are you gonna be able to keep, uh, keep it updated? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Cool. No problem. <laughs> You're hired. There you go. And when we start selling merch and coffee cups and t-shirts, uh, Josie, let me know. I'll help you negotiate your royalty contract, okay? <laughs> Don't let your dad, you know, try to get one up on you. So, oh, Great.
1: <laughs> All <Awesome>. right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Josie.
2: But she's got something else because I, something showed up in my inbox the other day. Uh, it was this video. Apparently, uh, apparently there's been a response to our videos, not necessarily these long-form videos, but these short-form videos on some other platform. What, what's that all about? Tell me. What... Um,
6: well, it's a group of teenagers, a group of teenager teenage girls fr- from the theater, and um, we're here to correct everything that y'all do.
0: <laughs> what?
6: I'm kind glad of, you're holding us accountable. Kind of, kind of, kind of. Um, yeah. we're we're gonna like give hopefully we can give some tips and hopefully we can make y'all's content better and specifically our tiktok content
3: (laughs) hey what's wrong with our tiktok content rodney there's a lot wrong
6: with your tiktok content mike
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and
2: uh, yeah, Mike, you, you had the most uh, TikTok content for them to critique, so, you know.
6: Josie, what is the name of this segment? Um, the Tea According to TTC Teens.
3: Perfect. <laughs> nice. Love it.
6: Perfect. So this is another reason to tune into the Diva Dads
1: Instagram because this Tea Time according to the TTC teens is going to be a regularly updated segment and I am excited and scared. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. Thanks Josie. Go away.
2: Okay. All right. Thank you, Josie. Bye Josie. Bye, Josie. Bye. Okay. The other thing that we need to talk about is a few weeks ago, I put out a video about our bingo cards So if you guys did not see that video, it is on our uh, major platforms, uh, social media, uh, Facebook primarily. Um, But uh, check that video out and it shows you how that you can create your own bingo card so that this uh, podcast is a little bit more interactive. And then if you're not into um, bingo cards, but you're more into cocktails, then it could easily be transitioned to a drinking game and you could be quite tipsy by the end. Speaking of drinking, I think it's time for a cocktail. So, uh, Dana, if you would help me out, please.
0: Yes. Cueing the prep video now.
2: Hello, and welcome to another week of Drink Prep with Rodney. For this drink, we're going to make a shrub. And for a shrub, you need the following ingredients. You need a cup of red wine vinegar you need a cup of granulated sugar you need a cup of berries blueberries and red raspberries and half a teaspoon of black peppercorn be sure to get them all of (laughs) what the hidder? And the puree! Isn't that lovely? Pour your puree into a container? Put it in the refrigerator to chill until you're ready for your cocktails, love. Beautiful. (laughs) Ah, Okay. Wow. So now that you've got your your puree, your straw, because it's so, uh, so-called. You know, I, th- I will have to say, I know you guys were looking forward to possibly, uh, partaking in a pickle cocktail, and I tried one. I really did. I tried it. It was seven layers of awful. Like, oh my gosh.
1: Of course it
4: was.
2: Oh, well, I couldn't handle it. Like, we threw it away, and like, I threw away some expensive vodka. Like, it was that bad. Okay. So, anyway. Uh, so we went with this. This is another uh, Nicole uh, Gordon Hanks uh, contribution. So, um, which is funny because I don't even think she drinks, but she gives me lots of good drink ideas. So that's awesome. Um, so anyway, you take your shot, um, and it's it smells delicious. You're gonna put some ice in your uh, mixer glass here.
0: Is that a uh, Red's Festival glass?
2: What? Yeah, it's uh, yeah Texas Red. Nice. Yeah, we're fans. That's actually from like the first Texas Red.
0: Uh, that one's from two years ago. I have it. I think that's. Point. Diva. Point. Point.
2: <laughs> point no. All right. All right. So uh, you're going to add a couple ounces of your shrub here. Nice and thick. Those fresh blueberries and raspberries, they are delicious. Ah, okay. Then you're going to need an ounce and a half of your bourbon. Once again, working on finishing up my little handle here of Maker's Mark. Gonna have to replenish soon. Okay. So you put that in your shaker, and you shake it. Out. We're gonna put some fresh ice in our glass. Because we are gonna strain. I know uh, Adrian is always like, Why well, strain out the ice and then put it in more ice? I don't know, Adrian. This is just what they tell me to do.
1: <laughs> one time, uh, Rodney, one time.
2: Oh no. I just don't know. And you pour it into your glass.
1: Fancy yeah. pour.
2: And then you top it with ginger ale and I don't have it because it's in the refrigerator. So, <laughs> dang it, I have almost everything ready. I blame, I blame my rehearsal tonight. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna let y'all go to the next segment while I get some ginger ale, and then I'll be right back. Roger Pine doesn't need me. I'll be right back.
3: <laughs> that's crazy. Honestly,
1: that, isn't that why you have kids, so that they can go get your mixers for you? We're That's you what I'm
0: thinking. Um, I can make another announcement real quick it's official we have audio only podcasts on several platforms Uh, the post was made earlier this week Uh, we are on Spotify, Stitcher and Intune which is the Amazon Alexa app and uh, all you got to do is go to those different formats and type in TTC space diva space dads and you will find us Um, we've got the first two episodes and last week's episode already posted, um, and we'll be continuing to upload as we uh, are moving along, episode to episode.
6: Yay! How Yay. does it
2: feel Rodney? Dude, that's a that's really freaking good. I didn't Uh-oh. get to try it, but yeah, that's good. I like we it. A lot. Should
1: never no no pickles ever. I feel like I I hope you've learned your lesson.
2: No pickle, you know. But the interesting thing is. This does have red wine vinegar in it. So my first inclination was like, it's almost pickled. Um, but I know what's going to happen to me. I'll be pickled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord.
1: No. Great. No dad jokes. Goink. We had a deal. Oh, <laughs>
3: sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. On that uh, note, folks, it is time for this week's Roger Pine Breakdown, our correspondent on the street. Uh, tonight, he is breaking down the musical Carousel. Roll the tape. (laughs) Eventually. Eventually.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of work on this side sometimes, guys. (laughs) Here we go.
7: Carousel. I've seen Carousel. I saw it at the theater company. And it was a highly requested show. And uh, plot summary, there, I mean, there's some abuse there's like an abusive relationship and then and then the this is not a joke the main character has like a it's like a 12 minute song and this is a spoiler but he he dies and maybe from exhaustion i don't know but you don't you don't feel that bad for him again because of the domestic abuse but also because you know if you can't get your point across after like eight minutes of singing you know maybe it's time to just pack it in you know what i mean so uh yeah i think that's all in the first act i don't i think some stuff happens in the second act too but those are the highlights that i remember from carousel
1: um he nailed it it's a terrible show that happens to host like one or two very beautiful and memorable rogers and hammerstein songs but uh as a whole awful awful show And I know James Cho can, like, feel me talking about this right now because he loved it so, so much. And he was wonderful. He was wonderful in it. But that show, uh, gross. Nope. (laughs) Hard pass. No thank you. Uh, Roger mentioned the abuse. There's actually a line in the show because he actually slaps his own daughter. He slaps his own daughter. And later on, she asked her mother, is it possible to love someone so much that when they hit you, it doesn't hurt? you wow. want to know what the mom says she says yes so that's a hard pass for me <laughs> it's a big joke at the theater um but yeah james loves it cool <laughs> oh and that's that probably really harsh he doesn't love it for that reason he does understand that there's a lot of problematic material in it he just has a, a soft spot in his heart for that show um and so going right into our guest I'm pretty sure she would agree with me, so we can start with that. Um, But we are now introducing one of my best friends, Michelle Campbell Green.
0: Yay! Yay! Hello, Michelle.
1: Hi, Michelle. Um, Real quick, two things. Tell us a little bit about yourself, but also tell us what you think of the musical Carousel. Uh, Well, first of all, Carousel's trash. Yay! Uh, It's terrible.
8: Uh, And hello, I'm Michelle. Uh, I am super excited to be here today. I started with Theatre Company in 2002 when I was a junior in high school. I was Sally Brown in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, uh, which was a dream role at the time, still is. And um, I've been a theater kid since junior high and majored in theater in college, ended up interning in New York uh, for the publicity office, which was a theatrical press agency. So publicists, but for they represent a musical instead of a person. Uh, And I got to work on, well, intern on some really cool shows like Wicked and 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee on Golden Pond starring James Earl Jones, just to drop a name. And... um, (laughs) I never met him, but I did get to <laughs> him. And uh, some other uh, smaller theaters as well. And then um, I ended up moving back home through a crazy uh, story where the very short version is I got hit by a drunk driver and ended up uh, messing up my knee pretty badly and moved home. And while I was down here, I ended up getting a job uh, as a technical theater director at AM Consolidated. And then, uh, kind of started my career as theater education. So this will be my 14th year as a teacher.
1: So. Yay.
4: Wow.
1: Welcome. Thank yeah, you.
4: Welcome.
1: I'm really excited to see your face. And we have Cameron Mosher to thank for having you here. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> One of our favorite people. Um, well, we're going to get right into it. Uh, Rodney.
2: Yeah, I got the first question. Our first question comes from Carrie Kemp. And she wants to know how you are celebrating Pride Month in quarantine.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
8: Um. So not a lot. Uh, Deborah and I, Deborah and I, say we're really bad gays because we don't. Um, here, Deborah's here. This is my wife, Deborah. Deborah, hi. Hi, Deborah. Uh, we are really. We're not. We're not like go out, we're homebodies. We're, uh, we're, we're like very stereotypical in that way, if you will. Uh, and so we stay home a lot, but I do love a good rainbow um, theme. So I ride horses and I brought a whole bunch of rainbow stuff up to the barn to celebrate pride. So awesome. <laughs> I checked nice. my horse out in rainbow things to celebrate pride. So Nice. Um, also, I will point out, we also uh, do try and like donate to different organizations and kind of stay up to date on what's going on. So, we don't we don't shut the world out. We just like to stay at home
1: can confirm that she does like to stay at home. And one of the reasons I know that is because we actually used to be neighbors in addition to being theater friends forever. Um, But one of the last times I left my home pre-quarantine was to go to see a live podcast in Dallas with Carrie and Taylor and we stayed at Michelle's house and we didn't really feel like going out afterwards. So we thought, oh, we'll just go home with Michelle and Deborah, have a nice quiet glass of wine. And uh, Taylor, went to sleep on the couch while Carrie and Deborah and Michelle and I pretty sure we drank until about 4 o'clock in the morning.
2: Oof. (laughs) It's an easy night
1: In hindsight, do not
8: recommend. (laughs) It was a great
1: way to kick off quarantine. Yeah. Last last big bang. It was great. (laughs) Thanks for the hospitality. Always.
0: So, uh, Mr. Alan Bryant, uh, photographer, extraordinary. Yes. Um, wants to know if, how long has it been since somebody called you Sally? I mean, Michelle.
8: Um, See, so when was the last time I saw Alan? Because that would be the last time someone called me Sally. <laughs> no. Alan called me that uh, because I played Sally Brown and you're a good man, Charlie Brown. And and that's just how he referred to me I ever since I was 16. So we're going on like over half of my life. That's <laughs> what he calls
7: me. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: love consistency yeah (laughs) um okay so we're switching over i want to talk about deborah your beautiful wife who cameron knew that this wasn't something she would be like super excited about as far as being interviewed but we knew she would make an appearance uh but kelsey coleman specifically is asking about deborah she wants to hear the deborah michelle campbell green love story who flirted first did you have a first date? What were your first impressions of each other? And then from a personal note, you guys kind of got married twice. Yeah. You can tell us a little bit about that? Sure.
8: I'm gonna talk <laughs> about it. Uh, <laughs> she Sure, pop in. Um, yeah, so uh, Deborah and I actually met, I was assistant teen costumey sort of for Sweet Charity. Um, I had just like just moved Back home from New York, and was looking for a way to not be at my house all the time. Um, So of course, I went to theater company, and uh, I was in charge of doing the costumes for what was that called? Oh, um,
4: hey, Hey, big Big spender! Spender.
8: That one. (laughs) What was this one? (laughs) Um, And I was in charge of like getting those costumes together, and this was pre super organized Yellow Theater. So it was when.
2: Wait what? There's a there's a less organized yellow theater out there. Rodney, oh.
1: I, I keep telling this to to Dana and Rodney. Y'all have no idea how good you had it when you started.
8: Yeah. <laughs> you would walk in and I I can't even like it's like like volcanoes of clothes just everywhere. I can see that. So you would
1: just, like, kind of reach into a pile and, like, pull something out. And then you would like this. Um, Michelle, do you remember the maze that you had to get through when you walked into the yellow to go to the left side of the costumes? You had to, like, separate a stack of costumes, and then like under, go yeah. through something in order to access, like, the wedding dresses and the fur coats. And it, it was an, a literal maze you had to get through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was
8: what I was pulling costumes from. And... um And I don't remember anything. Deborah remembers this more vividly, but whatever I put her in initially was not good. And so I didn't look great, but I definitely haven't done that much community theater.
4: I was like, I must look okay from stage if they're okay putting me up with this. Like, I think I look kind of bad, but I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then Michelle, we've just run Big Spender. I walk off stage, and Michelle just goes, You look awful. I'm gonna fix you.
8: <laughs> so that was our first interaction. I called, told her she looked awful. But then I fixed it. I feel like you looked yeah, pretty good by the end. I looked really great. Um, and then we you were did. in Millie. Yeah. And then we were in Millie together. And um, that was a really girl heavy show. And that was when the dressing room, re- well, I mean, the dressing, I think, are still the same. Are they not, Adrian? Yeah, they
1: just Yes. That's, that's before, like, just been really- was them. like right after John Hall had built the two dressing rooms that we have now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was
8: super crowded because that dressing room when you have like a majority girl cast. So Deborah and I just hung out in the green room a whole lot, and we got to know each other. And in true Hufflepuff fashion or fashion, uh, <laughs> Deborah had no idea I was flirting with her. Had no idea I was not interested. A <laughs> not a clue. Um, so there was quite a long courtship, uh, one-sided on my side, and. Um, Which, just to say, from my side, I was like, oh,
4: this really cool woman wants to hang out with me. And every time we'd hang out, I'd be like, I don't know, I'm kind of weird and awkward. She probably doesn't want to hang out with me anymore. And then she'd call and she'd want to hang out some more. And I'd be like, this is great. This wonderful person wants to hang out with me. Yeah.
8: She's so funny and she's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yes. And our first date uh, was actually on Halloween. Not planned. Uh, We were just like, we need to put this in rioting so to speak so we're gonna have our official first date what are you doing next Wednesday and next Wednesday the Wednesday was Halloween and we didn't we didn't know that at the time uh and so we started dating on Halloween uh we got engaged uh, about a year later we got married two years after that and then we got legally married in 2014 so we do have two wedding anniversaries so I love that yeah i got have to go to one of them and it was pretty great <laughs> yeah um our <laughs> Our real wedding, as we call it, was in Bryan at the Aston Mansion, so. Oh, wow,
1: cool. Uh, it was the best. It was the best. <laughs> it was a great party. <laughs> um, I have a little bit more from Kelsey. Okay, So Kelsey is a former student of yours and she wants to know what it's like being a teacher and then what is the transition like as you become a teacher to your former students, but then you're a friend. Um, specifically Kelsey, you were her teacher for a really long time, but then you guys are friends. You came back and later directed her as an adult, as a strip club owner uh, mm-hmm. in Rock of Ages. Um, so yeah, she wants to know how that is, making that weird transition. Um, it's definitely awkward uh i will not pretend that it's not thankfully um
8: kelsey's an adult and like a very like cool lady so by the time i came back to direct rock of ages um she was very much like i don't even know how old kelsey she's like 25 right she's still like 22 to me i know that's not (laughs) um sorry kelsey if i like I said your name, your, your age was wrong, uh, but like she, and also I was like gone and then I came back, so like there was definitely a disconnect, so I was able to talk to her more as just like you're this other person that I'm directing, um, but it is definitely Trixie, um, but it's just something like I try and be as professional as possible, and like I ex- I expect my students to behave on a professional level when they're in high school. So when they do community theater, they're able to do that transition really easily without having to feel like they're less than or that they're not prepared. So I feel like, I mean, it's a weird experience, but as long as you go f- from a really professional angle, like I don't think there's anything. I have a little bit of a
0: follow up to that. Um, yeah. What What was your experience or how did you feel when you saw these people like Kelsey that you kind of brought up now in the community theater and they are so incredible on the stage. Like like what is it, is it pride? Is it accomplishment? Like what, what are the things you feel whenever you first noticed that or saw that?
8: Yeah, um, pride I think would be the most, like, yeah, there's pride. I cry, I'm a crier, so like I cry a lot to process <laughs> my feelings. Um, I do remember like the first time oh, I
1: okay. ever, Huh? Or were they all three of them? okay, good.. Yeah. Um,
8: the first time I heard Taylor Christensen sing, sing, like I had heard her like goof around, but she was always, you know, when she was my student, she was always a technical theater, she was a st- stage manager or costumes. So I had never seen her like sing, and I mean, I just remember like being like,. Ah. Uh, which is appropriate for Taylor because she cries all the time too so um, yeah pride like watching Kelsey turn into such a brilliant comedic actress I mean she always was a brilliant comedic actress but watching her grow up and watching her voice mature um, you really just like being able to experience that and see that growth is something that I think is really special to theater teachers
1: so Kelsey I think is the answer, one of the answers to this question, but she wants to know if there were any other students other than Kelsey who have made a lasting impact on you. Oh, well, yes, Kelsey, of course.
5: She's
1: definitely <laughs> fantastic.
8: Um, a lot of the TGC Taylor, um, I guess they're the really two big ones. Beth Aiken I never had as a student, um, but my friend Chris Rogers taught, so I knew her as a student, she just wasn't my student. Um, And then there's a few out in the world now that are doing work that are like just super special. Um, I had to fly up to New York last summer and see Taylor Byer's one woman show, uh, which was like, I just cried the whole time Um, because just watching her grow as not only just a performer, but an activist and someone who's found her voice to speak like for others and herself is just really exceptional. Um, Maggie Ellison is working in Houston. So anytime I get to go see a former student's working professionally is really fantastic. And it's not even just them being performers, just watching them succeed in life. Um, I don't wanna spend forever talking about theater teaching, but like the one <laughs> thing I will say is my job as a theater teacher, I want students to walk away understanding what empathy is and understanding how to see other people and what going a mile in someone else's shoes is gonna feel like because I think that's the most important thing and it's what we need as a society is to be able to understand each other. Um, So watching students do that through theater, through film, through going to law school, um, through to med school, going to just go be teachers themselves. Like, I mean, just being able to see like those little lessons flourish is something that I hold really dear
1: to my heart. I wanna go back to Maggie for a second. Guys, I don't know if you remember the story we talked about a few weeks ago of spam a lot where I broke my foot. And was out like in, one day into Tech Week. Maggie Allison's Michelle's student. She was the girl who the girl, the incredible young woman who learned the entire show via YouTube videos and was in and a superstar by opening night. She's incredible. Backwards. She
8: yeah. learned them backwards because all That's the true. videos <laughs> the
1: were front facing, so the here, front and all the choreography backwards. No, yeah, she's just a little impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. But speaking. Speaking of impressive, uh, Kelsey did have one more question about your lovely wife. She wants to know, Debra, hi. (laughs) Have you always been naturally flexible or did you have to work and train for it? And are there any tips that you have for being more flexible or a stronger dancer? Because we've seen you do a lot at the theater company including Rock of Ages. You did a lot on that poll. (laughs) Can you tell us about that? Maybe change lives. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you changed Marcus
4: Villanueva's wife for sure <laughs> for sure 100 yeah. percent. yeah so i do have advice mainly because i am not at all naturally flexible but i know yeah none of it came naturally but i started out in gymnastics at four years old and discovered very early that all of these little girls could just like reach over and touch their toes and i was like how are they doing this are their bodies broken like what's going on <laughs> um but so thankfully, i had like coaches who were able to you know Show me what stretches are supposed to look like um, and what body position you're supposed to be in to do things safely and then from there I just took off where I just started stretching at every possible moment so the big advice is learn how to do things safely so ask people who you know how to how to get in the stretch the right way don't just go stretch if you know nothing about it there are also great YouTube videos if you want to google around um and then just stretch it every spare moment if you're watching tv if you're talking to your friends if you're i mean adrian can testify that <laughs> this is what i'm doing at all times stretch so even if you are not naturally flexible if you do it every day for just a whole lot of time <laughs> you can be flexible too
7: <laughs> if maybe more you not
4: know. here.
5: <laughs> so it's
1: a lot of work yeah. and a lot of time but you can do it also You do get used to having conversations with Deborah when she's just like spread out across the floor. In fact, I'm pretty sure I have a picture from one of the times we went to New York together and you were drying your hair in like a full (laughs) middle split on the ground. And I put it on Instagram and my mom thought you were broken. Like she really thought something (laughs) was severely wrong no she was just drying her hair in the splits that was when we saw the
4: spelling bee reunion show that was about-
1: <laughs> which roger talked about the fact that we it didn't take much convincing to twist his arm to get him to take his whole family to new york
8: <laughs> <laughs> we were like hey you should do this and he was like
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, we're, real quick sidebar before I think uh, Mike is next. So, Deborah, Cameron knew this, and I feel like I knew this that you would not be interested in being like a guest on this show. Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs>
4: As soon as questions are directed my way about me, suddenly my vocabulary becomes (laughs) monosyllabic. Uh, my, My IQ just drops all the way down, and I
1: forget who I am and what's happening in the world. I don't know. I just, I I don't handle it well. (laughs) You say that, but you also just use the word monosyllabic in your explanation. (laughs) She probably because she thought about this answer to be 100%. It's because I've
4: given this answer many times to people who are like, wait, don't you want to get interviewed for this thing? No. (laughs) I I work in a middle school and like, students will come to interview me for projects. And I'm like, no, thank you.
1: Love you. <laughs> okay, sorry, Mike.
3: <laughs> no, no, all good. Deborah. All right, I'm um, gonna,
1: gonna. She's gonna go stretch. I'll keep
8: popping, she'll in be
3: popping. <laughs> <No. laughs> all right. I'll change directions just a little bit. Um, uh, yes. Michelle, this uh, question is from Taylor Christensen. What was it like coming back to direct after Randy's passing?
1: Oof. Um. <laughs> thanks, Taylor, for the. Thanks, thanks, Taylor.
8: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say coming back to direct was a little easier than walking into the theater the first time after he had passed. Um, And I was thankful that we were able to come back and see a lot of shows. um, And we were able to come back for The Wake. Um, So being there for that, I think, helped buffer that um, sadness a little bit. But I will say, um, auditions were the hardest part because I did not feel I did not know where I should sit Oof, Um, because I I knew where I should sit to see the best view and to be able to see everything but like that's Randy's seat I'm not sitting there and then I wanted to sit in the front uh, because that's also a great place Um, but I was like oh no that's like that's also where Randy used to sit and I'm like I just didn't I didn't know where to, so that was like an awkward dance of like what seat. So I think I took a a row back, if I'm correct. Um, But yeah, and then the longer I was there, the easier. I mean, I guess it's just that saying about time, Um, but there are definitely times when we were up there programming. Uh, Chris had a little spooky experience. Um, Yeah, we'll have to ask Chris the details, but Randy definitely messed with him while we were programming my two rocket ranges. So, but yeah. That sounds about right. Yes. That's perfect. He's got a good story. He's got a good story. But I don't remember the details because I wasn't there.
1: But he's coming for Dads After Dark, yes? I'll make sure, yeah. Brilliant. (laughs) Well, even if he doesn't come for Dads After Dark, Chris Rogers, if anyone doesn't know, is set to direct The Wedding Singer. Eventually, <laughs> we will not see him as soon as we would like, but we will see him eventually.
2: <laughs> All right, so the next question is from Catherine Morgan and she wants to know what your favorite show was to perform and what your favorite show is to direct.
8: Um, I think hands down my favorite show to perform was Spelling Bee. Um, I could do Spelling Bee every day of the week for the rest of my life and be a happy human. Um, It was a really special show with that cast though. Like it would have to be that cast. Uh, That was just a really special group of people. Um, My favorite show to direct, I don't know if I have an all around favorite show uh, because everything has different moments that I really love. So every show has something in it that I absolutely adored from a director standpoint. My favorite show to direct with adults in it was Rock of Ages because it's one of the only ones. Uh, And that was also, I will say Rock of Ages is one of the only shows that I've worked on that I can hear a song from it today. I could hear a song from it a week after we closed and not want to skip the song, which (laughs) (laughs) that means a lot. Yeah, I feel like sometimes you're like, oh, no. Um, Thank you. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think... I was trying, I saw this question, I was trying to think about. I think Thoroughly Modern Millie at Consol, uh, which Adrian choreographed, um, starring uh, Alexa Cepeda and the Taylor Byer and Maggie Ellison was in it, the two we mentioned earlier, and a whole bunch of amazing other people um, who I don't know, and Taylor stage managed it. You can ask Taylor about the curtain episode if you really want, but I don't really want to go there.
1: But, Yeah, that show was special. Those girls were, that was not a normal high school show.
8: No, and nobody knew how to tap except for like three people. And Maggie was dance captain for that show and she led them through tap boot camp over like a six week period. And those girls were
1: flawless by the time the show opened. So it was a really, really cool group. No, that was insane. That was amazing. (laughs) All right, Dana, I know you're Uh (laughs)
5: mid-chug.
0: So, uh, our favorite dad joke uh, extraordinaire, David Manuel, um, has, has a question that's, uh, any interesting stories from interacting with Broadway performers, whether that's New York, Stanley Wayne Mathis, here or elsewhere?
8: Um, so, Stanley is like, literally God's gift to this earth. He well, is a really-
1: Who Stanley Wayne Mathis is?
8: Oh, yeah. So, sorry. Yeah, Stanley Wayne Mathis uh, has an insanely long Broadway resume. Uh, Jelly's Last Jam. He was the original Schroeder in the revival of Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. Um, he's the guy that sings Too Darn Hot in Kiss Me, Kate. If you've seen that Tony performance, that's him. Uh, he was in Nice Work, If You Can Get It. He toured with the Book of Mormon uh, recently. Um, and he came down to direct Your Good Man, Charlie Brown at Troop and I was really fortunate enough to be his assistant director, um, and it was really great. I don't have any like stories other than like, he's a brilliant man and he's a baker and he makes really good, I can't eat gluten anymore, um, but I would just to eat one of those cakes again. Like they were really good. Um, and then when I interned in New York, I, I was the intern, so like I was not allowed to talk to the talent, like that was not something like 21 year old me was allowed to do, um, but I will say, Um, One of my favorite memories from working up there was the opening night of Spelling Bee on Broadway. Um, Part of the press agency's job is to run the opening night party and, you know, you pull all the reviews the next day and you're arranging all the press, which is what the reviews are. Um, So I got to assist with the opening night party and that was really cool because it was a lot of their... Broadway debuts so a lot of that cast had never been on Broadway before so I just my favorite memory my job was to work the photo line so I had to like hold stuff for people once they got their photos taken um, <laughs> but watching them take photos of each other on like really like really old phones right so we're not like flip phones like these aren't iPhones um, and like or like, actual like cameras um, taking photos of them getting their photos taken or like their parents all came and took photos of them doing the press line and stuff like that and just being able to see that like that like theater magic it doesn't matter if you're on Broadway or at a community theater or doing you know educational theater like it's it's you're always gonna have people cheering for you and that was
1: just like a really cool experience you have one celebrity encounter that has nothing to do with Broadway, but it's important to me. Okay. Who? What was this? Who was the celebrity that lived in your building that you would run into? That you did run into in the elevator,
8: or at oh. the mailbox? It was Chris Noth, but I never. I don't think he. I don't know if he lived in my building or if he just lived in the building next to mine. I never saw him in the elevator. I saw him <laughs> like we like crossed paths going entrance exits perfect. That's all I need. Just like a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all,
1: we weren't friends. I never said hello to him. I just was like, <laughs> missed opportunity is all I'm yeah. saying. Does this mean anything to you guys?
2: me He was on uh, oh. Sex in the City, right?
1: Yes. It's Mr. Big himself.
2: <laughs> all right, Mike.
3: Oh, oh my goodness. How did this question get in here? Oh my goodness. <sighs> Well, Michelle, I met you um, at, at uh, Rock of Ages in 2018. It's the first yes. time I got the chance to meet you. Yeah. And so um, I think the obvious question needs to be asked. Um, at what point did you think Stacey Jacks and Mike Kilbore were a match made in heaven?
8: Well, Mike, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, point you were just the only one there. so. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding Uh, kidding. i thought you were fantastic (laughs) i really love i'll 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 toot your horn for a minute if you will Uh um i put it up on his own Huh? Yeah, I know. He does it enough on his own. I really enjoyed, if I remember from your audition, just how completely, like, you just went with it. Like, there, Randy always said, make big mistakes. Because sometimes, like, you end up with really great ideas from that. Um, and you, you went there. Like, you were really willing to, to, to you just went all in. So <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question.
3: Asking for a friend, of course, you know. No, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Just tell Stacy that you can call me someone. <laughs> <laughs> no, you not call you, call your wife that yeah. was <laughs> yeah. that was dancing on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Mike, you were pretty iconic, I do have to say.
8: Yeah, that audition was pretty
1: pretty great. Yeah, that whole performance, uh, we just never seen you like that before. <laughs> and now <laughs> hard to not always see you as Stacey Jacks. Um, I have a question for me, and it's something that I think we've talked about a little bit before. Um, So you are someone who directs occasionally adults, but you also are the head of your theater department. You've been teaching high school for a long time. and. A conversation that we've all been having a little bit uh, in various parts of our live, lives is just the, the concept of diversity and how it affects you in all areas of your life. So specifically as a theater director, how do you factor in diversity? Is there diversity in your department? Um, and from me specifically, how do you factor that into choosing a season or selecting a show for your kids to do? Yeah, um, I'm
8: super blessed. My school is a really diverse school, Um, so I'm really thankful for that. So that really gives us um, a lot of chances to do some really cool stuff. Um, When I'm picking a season, I, so I really hate the term colorblind casting. Um, I think that's really silly. So I really like the idea of color conscious casting. Um, So you are acknowledging where people are coming from and heritage and culture and um, making sure that you're celebrating that. Um, That being said, I don't pick a show based on the students that I have. I pick a show based on where I want my students to go um, and how I want them to grow. So for example, um two years ago we did the Trojan Women which is a Greek tragedy it's very sad um and I didn't pick it because oh we've got a really great you know ethnically diverse group and this this will be wonderful I picked it because I really wanted my students to understand Greek tragedy and how that factors into where we are today in modern theater um in the kind of parts of Greek tragedy that we were able to pick apart and kind of bring to the forefront in modern society. Um, So I guess, I don't know if that's a complete answer, but I just know it's something that I'm conscious about, but I never, I will never be like, oh, well, we should really do Aida because we have one strong black female. Like that would be a disservice to um that student the department and you know in a way like a disservice to the growth of everybody um
1: i don't know if that makes sense but do you think that like are you going to make any different choices based on like the current climate like do you think that what's happening now is going to factor into what you're choosing next year
8: yeah we've definitely talked about it i think it's really important um to make sure that we're doing right by the students. So like, but going back to AIDA, like you shouldn't do AIDA if you only have one black student, like that's not not okay, right? So that's what I meant by like, oh, if we have like one black student, we should do AIDA. Like I would never be like, oh, like that's good. Um, (laughs) So, um, I don't know. Yeah, we're our um, season this year, I know we're, I mean, are we gonna have a season this year? I don't know. Um, but as planned, we're doing Hamlet, so we're getting some Shakespeare in there. Uh, my co worker are directing that. I'm directing 12 Angry Jurors because I feel like it's very appropriate for where we are um, and kind of the themes in that show are super relevant today. And then um, hopefully our musical is Drowsy Chaperone, but um, I also need to have a conversation with MTI um, and see if there's a high school edition, because some of it now is a little dated. So I'm a little worried about some of the stuff in there. And if I go through it, and they say you can't edit it, then like, you know, that needs to be a conversation to have with MTI.
5: Yeah,
1: that's super important. Um for, for theater teachers and for directors everywhere to, to know, recognize that sometimes classic musicals, some of that dated material might be relevant. Um, but sometimes it's just no longer necessary to pay homage to that dated material. And so either edit it and be gone, or maybe you don't do that show anymore. I mean, South Pacific is a good example. Um, honestly, you know, Thoroughly Modern Millie and you and I have talked about that show. And they apparently they rewrote Yes. But the previous version, you know, was a little a little edgy. <laughs> oh gosh, and like how
8: embarrassing. I mean, I played Mrs. Mears and like yeah. I mean very well. Very, very well. <laughs> um, but like you can I mean I think that's a great experience at the time. Like I was like, Oh, this is so funny, but like looking back, I mean like I've learned so much and I'm just like, Oh, like Mrs. Mears shouldn't be a
1: character. Like yeah. they should rewrite that and they did. They rewrote that But character. what like you said, learn so much and that's all you do. Like, we look back and we've learned and evolved from things that we've done before. You brought up Aida, and that show has, that musical has come up in, in Diva Dad before as, like, yes, we did have a Black Aida, but that does not mean we should have done the show. (laughs) And thank goodness we had her, because we probably would have done it anyways. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, making sure you're
8: celebrating your cast, but also being really conscious of, like, of what that means. Yeah. Um, So,
2: Yeah. All right, Dana. Wait, can I, before it, since Dana's lost, um, can I, I want to interject because I'm also, um, I I also teach, uh, I don't teach theater, but uh, I also teach. And um, Adrian and I were talking the other day about about this very topic. And I was like, you know, I've never heard of the theater doing like a casting call, like saying we're specifically looking for these types you know or whatever um, and so doing it in a in a educational setting you know would you um, would you do a uh, like a would you try and encourage encourage students to come in and audition for the show even if they're not a drama you know not drama like go and steal some from the choir go steal oh,
8: 100% I steal them all the time yeah um, yeah I mean especially boys I will take like, oh, you sort of sing in choir, you should come audition for the musical, um, so, yes, definitely. we also I really encourage I do an all school musical, so you don't have to be in theater to do the musical, um because I think it's really important, and you never know you know who that kid, you know. It sounds really corny, but it's like the Troy Bolton story, you know, from like High School <laughs> Musical. Um, but like it is, you have kids that were like, oh, well, I did it because my friend was auditioning and I wanted to like spend more time. Hello, this Yay. is Henry. This is
2: my- Everybody drink.
1: Kitty time. Uh, time is that one, is that Henry? That's Henry. Well, yeah, that's uh, the one where you are. <laughs> oh yeah,
8: I'm at my parents' house. So hello from College Station. Uh, <laughs> Which most of the people watching this will probably be from College Station. But uh, hello. We Are surprised Say in? hi. Huh? Are they going to pop in and say hi? I'm sure that will happen. Yeah. Uh,
5: <laughs>
8: it may not be during, the, it may be after dark.
0: So, Perfect.
8: Like, we're still downstairs. But I surprised my dad for Father's Day. So we drove
1: down. Uh, Dana, did you uh, find yourself?
0: Yes. I, I was in thought about a follow up question, and I think I'll save it for Dad's After Dark. But please remind me to circle back to what we were just talking about.
1: Take it down in my notes.
0: Yep. Yeah, I see you typing away. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Beth Aiken, who we mentioned earlier, uh, she wants to know what your, about your dream role. What would your dream role be or, or has already occurred?
8: Yeah, so I have been fortunate to have like a bajillion dream roles at theater company, um, which I feel like I was listening to Cameron's um, interview prepping, right? So I knew what was going on, um, and he talked about this is a sidebar, but I feel like I'm allowed to sidebar, right? Um, <laughs> your lovely mother asked if he ever auditioned for a role that he didn't get, um, and he went on a big thing, and I thought it was really funny because. Uh, He got the baker, um, and he did not want the baker. And I auditioned for Into the Woods for Little Red. I wanted Little Red. So hardcore. Like, I was, like, gunning for it. I remember your audition was, like, Little Red, pick me. (laughs) I sang a song called My Party Dress, and it's from the point of view of a five-year-old at a party. Like, I mean, I literally was, like, hello, look at me. I am short. You should – and I have red hair, and you should cast me in Little Red, please. Thank you. Um, And – And we got to callbacks and Becky Braden just like knocked it out of the park. She was brilliant. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Okay. (laughs) We all, I guess that. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I ended up as the baker's wife, which was like, it was the first lead I've ever had. I know my type. I'm not the leading lady. Like I am the very funny sidekick and I am very good at being the very funny sidekick. Um, <laughs> like I will, I will claim that. Um, so getting the baker's wife was really scary for me because I had never had to be vulnerable on stage. I never had to kiss anybody on stage. I never had to have any sort of emotional arc on stage. Like I showed up, I sang a funny song. I did a little bit and I left most of the time. um which was great uh and the baker's wife was really challenging for me so I thought it was really funny that Cameron like 100% didn't want the baker and then we both ended up in those parts um but yeah a dream role was definitely Rona Lisa Peretti um from Spelling Bee was just like because I had such a connection to it from Broadway um being able to do it was like really special and then a a dream role that I haven't done yet—I would kill to play
1: Mrs. Lovett in Sweeney Todd. Mm. So you and you and Cameron just battling it out. I still can't get the image of Prince Herbert as <laughs> Mrs. Lovett out of my head. Like I need that. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can. He's
8: like a. He's like a, a very like frail thing. I could just
1: saying you could take him out.
8: I would hire Deborah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pew,
0: pew. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he would just like keel over, like he would be the fainting goat. That's just like no, and yeah. then... <laughs> like make a TikTok of that now. <laughs> oh yes, we were talking about um, the lack of up-to-date content from the Diva Dads on TikTok, and myself. I have like a baby shark video and like a cute thing of my um nephew, but Michelle Campbell Green is a pretty good on TikTok. Yeah, I'm I, I only have
8: like four videos. So but you can follow me at the Rusty Stirrup. So feel free. <laughs> I also there's a
1: great it. one with our horse from like a couple days ago that yeah. I love. Yeah. <laughs> it's all horses. Oh my gosh.
3: <laughs>
1: we're about to we're about to take it sideways again. Okay, go.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, this question also is from Beth. Um, have you ever been discriminated against for your sexuality, especially in a professional environment? And if so, how did you handle it?
8: Um, That's a good question, Beth. I don't think so. I don't think I have to my face. I feel like I am <laughs> I'm a pretty loud person when it comes to stuff like that. I'm a very proud person when it comes to stuff like that. Um, so I feel like if someone's going to say something to my face, they would expect a response. So um, maybe, but um, not, uh, not like, <laughs> I don't know, not to my face. What I have experienced, um, and I'm sure Beth has too, because Beth is in the same role that I was in for a while as a technical director. Um, I experienced a lot of discrimination because of my gender. So not so much that I'm gay, um, but that I was a lady in Lowe's, um, buying like $900 worth of wood and nails and supplies, trying to, you know, buy everything we needed for a season, and like definitely getting a lot of like, Hey, little lady. Uh, I know once I built a deck, uh, when Adrian and I were duplex makes, I built a yeah. deck for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Lowe's and I was like buying these like, you know, the concrete blocks that you like level and put in to put your deck together. I was buying like 16 of them for our deck. And I'm, I'm like literally like hauling them and like, when this like dude strolls up I'm like, hey, what you doing? And I was like, I'm just getting this stuff. And he's like, well, do you know what you're doing? And I was like, yeah,
0: so back, God.
8: back at it. And then he was like, uh, well, did your husband send you? Oh. And I was like, no, I'm building a deck for my wife. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to help me move this, I'm fine with that. And he was like, well, what do you build? And then like grilled me. I mean, I was like, gri- like for 10 minutes about what I was building and how I was building it. And was that the best choice? And finally, I was like, it's fine. Thank you. And I left. Um, but
1: I would say those are my, that's what I get more of. So um, how often you are, are you mistaken as a, for a student at your school?
8: Um, thankfully, like opening a new high school has really put some wrinkles on my face and my hair is a little grayer, so I don't get mistaken as much for a student as I used to. I did bangs for a year and that was a really bad choice because everyone (laughs) thought I was 12. (laughs) I'll never do bangs again.
1: Good advice. Good advice.
2: (laughs) All right. Our special correspondent, Shannon Van Zant, wants to know, what is the best thing about teaching high school theater?
8: Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of it. Uh, I really love being able to watch students grow as humans and also as performers. Um, Because a lot of times I work, you know, all sides of the theater. So I get to see technical theater students as well. Um, So watching someone who wasn't comfortable working with a table saw suddenly you know two years later they're showing someone else how to use the table saw that's like a really great moment for me as a teacher knowing that like they've and have this confidence now that they used to not um it's a lot of little moments I don't think there's one big thing that makes it great uh it's a lot of little things
2: so how do you identify and nurture talent
8: um you find what people like and you celebrate it that is the number one thing. So if someone uh, really likes breakdancing, you figure out a way to put it in your musical, even if it doesn't make sense in your musical. And then you make sure it works, like you don't just throw it in there (laughs) because that's like a cohesive issue, but you find it. Um, I'll I'll like talk a little bit about, um, I love dance. I'm a failed dancer. I'm very bad at it. Um, That's not true. I'm mostly bad at it.
1: no, not at all. And you also are an incredible tap dancer. I'm a great tap dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the really pretty
8: ballet stuff, and be- I'm not very good at. Um, and because of that, I really envy people that can do it. So for a while, I had a whole bunch of girls that were able to go on point. And they were brilliant. They were brilliant, beautiful ballet dancers. And I worked point into every show. Every show. Cinderella there's no yep. ballet in that. But I was like, you know what? The entre act's boring. Let's make it a ballet. So we made it a ballet. And then that was a really cool thing where we were able to cultivate students' talents because um, that, those four girls choreographed the ballet themselves. So um, that wasn't something like Adrian helped choreograph that. And Adrian was like, you want me to what? And I was like, well, let's talk to them. And they were like, oh, on it. And they created this beautiful two-minute on point swan lake style i mean it was gorgeous and like being able to celebrate that for them something that they didn't think they were going to be able to do in a musical um that's really important that's the best way to cultivate talent to me it's find what they're good at and celebrate it i miss getting
1: to play with you and your high school students i really miss you being here because that was always so much fun um one of my favorite things that we worked on together was, I, and I, I don't remember if you directed or if Creel did, but when y'all did A Christmas Carol mm-hmm. at Consol. You directed, I TD'd that one. And we did this, we had these ghosts do this. It was right at the height of dubstep, and I know that's very dated at this point, but there was this, these dubstep Christmas carols. It was really cool. <laughs> it was a really, really cool. cool. So there was this very like aggressive and creepy, you know, like contemporary dancing with some incredible talented girls. And, you know, I think that was was all females. Um, And we just incorporated this really interesting music and these just freakishly talented dancers. Out of nowhere, you guys had like black lights. So it was super creepy. Um, That was so much fun. I miss doing that. Yeah, that was fun. Adrian and I speak the same language. So it's like a really
8: nice, um, fun fact. (laughs) <laughs> A caveat of me directing Rock of Ages <laughs> was only if Adrian choreographed it. I said I wouldn't, I felt very special. I was like, well, I won't do it unless you do. So, um, and it worked, an and it out. worked. But like, I mean, <laughs> for those of you that are watching or you guys, I don't know if Mike was in Rock of Ages, but I don't know if the other two of y'all saw Rock of Ages, but um, the O'Sherry moment, um, that's not in the Broadway musical. What we had stage was, um, the love interest trying to find Sherry. And so it was like this whole like searching through a train station. And I just told Adrian like, okay, so I have this idea and it's slow-mo and there's suitcases and the suitcases are blocking him. Like David can't get to her because because of the suitcases (laughs) and it's in slow-mo. And Adrian was like, got it. Okay. and created this like beautiful... I mean, that, I mean, I think that's, like, just really, uh,
1: that's, like, the poster child of how the two of us work together. It's (laughs) true. It's true. Like, we very much, like this good you got it and then we move on yeah the the oh sherry but (laughs) that was really good that was a really fun scene because it's like a really quick song really short there's not a lot to it but I remember that always being a really special moment in the show um I remember specifically because with all the crazy like crossing with the suitcases I would always have this moment with Jackie Kilgore where we would be face to face with our suitcases like making direct eye contact for like 30 seconds which is a long time (laughs) Um, and then the sweet moment was like the heart around them kissing for the first time. Like that was special. Um, I did try to back out of rock of ages, yeah. um, leading up to it. I was like, you know, I would really like a break and I'm sure that we can find someone. It's going to be great. And you said, no, yeah, this was conditional. Yeah, it was conditional. I tried fun fact. Did I, did you know, I tried to quit follies?
8: What? I don't think I know that. I pulled a Randy on you. Um, I stage managed Follies. So I was a stage manager for Follies and then I was also in it, which is not a good idea.
1: No, Uh, it was because this is a perfect example of I'm going to come on, do a little song and dance and make a lot of people laugh and then I'm going to go leave. And That that was hilarious. I was just in Buddy's Blues. I don't even remember. I wasn't Buddy Blah. That was Catherine Pope. She was also brilliant. The two of you were hilarious.
8: I was like, hi, buddy. I think that was mine. I had a frame. I like frame my mm-hmm. face. Uh, but anyway, it was like during one act season and I was just really overwhelmed. And being in the show and stage managing was a lot. And I just remember like trying to pull Randy aside like two weeks into rehearsal. And I was like, Randy, it's too much. And I just really think someone else could do it. And he just looked me dead in the face and said no. And he walked away from me. He, there was no further conversation. Like he was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then left and I was like, uh Okay.
1: Good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you didn't quit that joke. That was beautiful.
8: Well, I was still gonna stage manage it. I was just trying to back out of being in it. Like, but he said no. So I said, okay.
1: I'm glad you learned that lesson because Rock of Ages was one of the best summer shows. It was just amazing. It was a
5: lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun.
2: All right, so I've got uh, one more question from Shannon Van Zant. She wants to know what you would say to someone interested in pursuing musical theater in college. Ooh,
1: she's good God. at this. Michelle has coached so many students through this process. Um, start dance lessons yesterday.
8: Start dance. If you want to major in musical theater, not I want to go to college for theater, that's a different story. But I want to major in musical theater. Start dance classes tomorrow. Because... Having a foundation of dance will help you in the dance call. It'll help you in how you move on stage in your solos. It'll help you with everything. Your presence, your poise, how you present yourself. Getting a foundation of dance is the most important. And then the second thing would be start working now. If you're a junior, make a list of your colleges that you're really interested in. Make your three dream schools. Make your five safety schools and then your five, okay, really safety schools. Uh, And do your research. Every college has a different requirement. So you've got to know. Some schools only require a song and a monologue. Some require two monologues and two songs. Some require pre-screens, which is something where you have to send in a tape of you before you get invited to even go audition. Um, So you have to get those in before the audition date. Um, So doing your work. And if you're listening to this and you're like a TTC person and you want to go to college for musical theater, send
1: me a Facebook message. I was about to say, like, (laughs) can you, (laughs) like, you could, people should pay you to coach them through college. Thanks. Um, Uh, The other. Okay, I wanted to say two things. So one thing on that is the other thing that you need to do when prepping for college auditions is to save money. Yes, for all of these schools that you're applying for. It's a huge amount of money just to apply. And then when you make it past the certain phase where you're flying out to audition, you are you're flying all around the country. Um, That stuff's not paid for. And so hopefully you have parents who are willing to help you but save money. The other thing is so Michelle is now available for coaching for uh, college auditions. The other thing that she is available for coaching for is if you have a daughter, daughter who's interested in pageants. Oh my God. <laughs> Michelle beauty, is. Cutie. Cutie patootie. <laughs> she, um, she's the reason that this move is in almost every musical I choreograph. Um, she has yeah. an affin- and. Affinity for really like I like bad reality TV, but she likes really bad reality TV.
8: Dance Moms, great. Toddlers and Tiaras, awesome. I'm currently binging 90 Day Fiance uh, (laughs) with Sarah, Emily Miller, and Stephanie Blanton, two TTC alums. None of us live in the same city, uh, (laughs) but we do Zoom Zoom calls once a week to watch the episodes together. So that's a little extended TTC family. (laughs) Uh, But yeah seriously if someone wants to go to college for musical theater send me a message.
0: What if you're like 45 and think you want (laughs) to pick this up at this point in your life?
8: Hey there are a lot of really good programs out there that are like two-year conservatory style
1: things that are great. There's also a ton of actors and and Broadway actors and film actors who did not Find their way or get their break Until their 40s, 50s, 60s Like it's never too late Yeah if you look at all
8: the roles on Broadway Not everyone on Broadway is a 21 year old character You know 22 Blah 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 Like look at that stupid musical carousel There's old people
1: in that (laughs) Sorry James (laughs) So
3: Michelle and Adrian I'm hearing you say that there is still hope For us three dads on Broadway
5: Yes Yes, sir.
2: sure,
3: <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, so uh, moving along, Mr. Parker Greer, uh, fan of the show, and f- we're certainly a fan of Mr. Parker Greer. Um, what has been your biggest challenge as a director or actor?
7: Mm. <laughs>
8: I don't know that's a good question Parker Greer. Um, As a director I'll say one of the hardest things is scheduling. Like it sounds like a really silly answer like I'm sure there's like a very deep artistic like finding the moment when you must I don't know, lead the masses. Uh, But scheduling is kind of like the most annoying thing as a director and therefore the hardest. Um, Figuring out what conflicts are and when you can't have rehearsal
1: for this, when you can't have rehearsal for that. Um, Talk about Rock of Ages and your adjustment from scheduling for a high school group and then working with adults. Yeah, so
8: like uh, three episodes, or three episodes, oh God. Uh, Three rehearsals (laughs) and the rock of ages we had a call it was like early on it was the uh hill scene where they go to hollywood hills i don't remember that song. they're on the hollywood and yeah morgan like scooted across yes. um <laughs> was my favorite uh but it was that scene and in the in the script it's like it's like an eight page scene so i blocked it in my schedule that i sent adrian i was like oh it's eight page there's a love thing going on here like it's like a romantic song like we're gonna take the whole day on it um and I was working with David and Madeline and we get it blocked and I was like cool do we have questions how are we feeling we kind of talk about it we like tweak a few things we run it like twice and I was like awesome what time is it uh and Beth was like well it's 745. <laughs> I was like what? She was like, it's, it's, yeah, it's 7.45. Uh, so like, I was like, um, and then we were, you know, I try not to waste people's time, which I don't think theater company does, but there are some theaters where they'll call everyone for every rehearsal. Um, but I know like from my experience in educational theater, like kids have so much going on these days that you can't expect them to be there every day. So I try really hard to make sure, oh, okay, you're only called on these days so you can go to your job or you can go to this club or you can go do this athletics. Um, So no one else was there, it was just David and Madeline. And I was like, oh, is there anything else we can work? And there was like one scene that was one page. And I was like, cool, now what time is it? And Beth was like, well, it's eight. And I was like, "Uh, okay, and I just hadn't prepared how much faster adults are able to process things, pick things up, are, you know, you don't have to talk through the, this is how I want you to enter. Like, you know, it's just like a totally different, um, because, because they had already done all of this, before. They had been on stage before. They understood stage left, stage right. And most of my students do. I'm not saying that they don't. If you're watching the students, you're all very talented. Um, <laughs> but there's like a level of, of newness to theater um, at that age that you just don't have in community theater. Well, I didn't experience a Rock of Ages. I'm sure if you do like Sound of Music, that's there. Um, but I didn't. And it was crazy. And then I had to redo the entire rehearsal. Like the entire rehearsal schedule changed that night. And everything got truncated. And that gave us more time for choreography, which was great. Um, But it was something I had not expected was how quickly adults, how much faster adults work than
1: students. Even Mike. Even Mike.
0: I was about to say, man, we (laughs) must drive Adrian crazy all the time. I will say,
1: I I will say, I remember after Randy, you know, my head is filled with all these things that I now have to do. And I have a distinct memory of like, oh my God, I don't know how to make a schedule like he does. And breaking down in tears because I thought, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Now this is a lot. The scheduling is the worst part of being a director. And no one's honest about their conflicts. no no i got like a text message like while we were while we've been talking about someone else's complex <laughs> so it's constant
0: Parker has a follow-up question for you and that is really simply what are your hobbies outside of theater except we already know you like dads after dark you've been there <laughs> what do you do outside of theater for fun
8: well, I don't know if you've noticed that I've mentioned it like 17 times, but I'm a weird horse girl, <laughs> and uh, I ride horses, um, and that is literally all I do. Theater is kind of an all-consuming thing, especially when you are teaching it, and um, yeah, so I ride
1: horses as a way to balance my me time, so and I, I want to- so- When you were here in College Station, you did teach theater, but you were also heavily involved at the theater company, of course. Do you, and I know the answer to this, but the dads might not, how much are you involved in community theater now that you're in McKinney or, you know, you're in North Texas? Do you do any community theater or is it just at school? I just
8: do it at school now. We did community theater for a few years. um, And... It was a great experience, and the theaters we worked with did phenomenal shows. Um, but I'm I'm like old now, and I'm tired yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad answer. Um, so I'll say we we joined. We did a few shows up there because we wanted to find that community. Because like all of my dearest friends, the friends that I make sure to see every time we're home, are theater company people. Um. And Beth Creel, who's also a theater company person, but I know her because I worked with her. Um, and so when we moved up to North Texas for this really amazing job experience that I that I had, um, we didn't know anyone. And I do mean like literally we knew Becky Braden, who lived an hour away from us. Like that was who we knew. Um, so we were like, oh, well, we'll do community theater and that that's how we're gonna make friends. We're gonna make friends doing it. And we did make friends, um, but their rehearsal schedule was different. And at the time I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work and they rehearsed until 10 o'clock at night and I lived an hour away from the theater. Mm. So I wasn't going to bed, Deborah and I both weren't going to bed until Midnight, 1230 tech week. I mean, gosh, who knows? And then I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work. And that just wasn't a conducive, healthy yeah. way to live your life. Um, and now that I'm a different school, my schedule's different. Um so, but we have our own hobbies. Deborah does aerial work, so she does aerial silks and hoop and pole, which you saw in Rock of Ages. Um Yeah, we did. And I ride horses, so um, it's nice to kind of have something
1: that's separate. That is nice. Sometimes, you know, over the past couple of weeks with kids camp where it ends at four and then, you know, we don't always have rehearsal in the evenings. It's weird to like be done with a day in the evening and like not have something to do. It's really weird and foreign and I don't know if I like it
8: um yeah that's a the whole covid closure i was in the middle of one act so like one act for those of you that don't know is like our big state competition for theater and it's and it's all in like you don't there's no playing around with one act play and uh and we were dead in the middle of it and then everything came to a grinding halt and like the first two days i was like this is interesting and then like day four i was like hey guys do y'all want to like do a zoom like <laughs> what are we doing?
1: um so yeah Yeah, having your evenings off is a weird feeling. It's weird. Um, I want to go back to part of Parker's question, because you talked about one of the hardest things as a director, but as an actor, because you've played all sorts of roles, um, and I think specifically at the theater, the range of roles you've had is ridiculous. What's probably the hardest thing that you can remember having to do at the theater?
8: Um, The Baker's Wife was probably... I kind of touched on that a little bit, but the Baker's Wife was... I'm really great at being self-deprecating, and I'm really good at like bringing humor um, to around me, I guess, uh, about me, whatever. Uh, And The Baker's Wife was a comedic role, but there was just so much vulnerability there that that was a a struggle. Um, Having to sing pretty, right? Like a lot of my characters, Adrian's favorite, Shirley Markowitz, and the producers like that <laughs> is an affected voice. So I never had to show my true voice. I don't know if up until The Baker's Wife, I'm looking at Deborah cause I'm like, did I? I don't know if I had a role at theater company up until Baker's Wife that I showed. Cause even Sally Brown, when like my, my first show there is like Sally's like really affected and she like talks super nasally, she sings super nasally. Um, so, like, The Baker's Wife was the first time I was, like, very much like, this is me, this is my voice, this is who I am, this is what I really sound like. And that's a really scary thing to, like, put that out there and not be able to hide behind a character. Yeah.
1: I'm wearing like- my flannel today in honor of Shirley Markowitz, yeah. um, her iconic role from The Producers. This is where I'm wearing my keep flannel. Keep it going, keep it going. I don't think any of the dads picked up on it, but I gave a little clue before we announced Michelle um, and the clue was was the hard hat
5: emoji. I didn't
1: pick up on it. So. I know you had to text me. I'm sorry, Dana, you were trying to ask something.
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. I don't ever, I get run over by you all the time. Um, so that's <laughs> true. Right? Yeah. Um,
1: I'm all right with
0: that. So what?
1: For what, so
0: what? I have a question okay. about the baker's wife. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that show. Um, when, when you were doing that, character was there a relatability to it that made it more difficult to perform because you had to be more you or or what like I guess I want to get a little deeper on that um understanding as an actor trying to to connect with characters versus connecting with characters that like are part of you
8: yeah so I preach and try and walk what I talk that acting is living truthfully under imaginary circumstances I don't know Oof, if you've ever heard that before Um, so knowing that like the baker's wife, you know, how would I react if I was in her shoes is, and that goes all the way back to like empathy, right? Um, but I think just the big thing was I just didn't have anything to hide behind.
5: Mm.
8: Like, I did it, it and it was just me. If I had been little red, she's got a funny voice, she sings a funny song. It's sweet, it's poignant, but that's it. And then she's funny again. Um, the last time you see the baker's wife she's cheated on her husband she's regretting it she's going through this like whole catharsis about how much she loves her husband and how she regrets what she's done but she's still gonna hold it precious to her and then she dies yeah. like and there's no redeeming um randy and i got in a whole thing about it um not a whole thing that makes it sound a lot worse than it was but i did facebook message joanna gleason um to get her take on it, who was the original Baker's Wife, so I could bring it to Randy, um, and be like, this is what Joanna Gleason says. Uh, <laughs> because like I was just so adamant that the, that the audience had to like the Baker's Wife, because if not, her death doesn't mean anything. Like if it's not, it's she got what was coming to her, right? And she does, like that's part of the moral. But like you also have to have some kind of remorse for her, um, or her character arc doesn't mean
1: anything. Um, I don't Adrian you got to play the baker's wife do you want to add well I was actually just thinking about the difference in the shows that we did and the difference being you know you as an actress and me and an actress but who your baker was versus my baker so you are with Cameron and you guys had this very like sweet lovey-dovey friendship and Paul and I are great friends um, but we get on each other's nerves a lot and I remember talking to Randy during our rehearsal process. You're laughing Dana, but it's true. And I spent every day with him for the last three weeks at kids camp. So That's why I'm
8: laughing.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not very nice to him most days. Um, but I talked to Randy about it at some point because there's, there was a hostility to our relationship on stage that never existed when it was you and Cameron. And that I found that really interesting and it bothered me because in my mind, I was like, what am I doing wrong? what's, what's wrong? Why are we getting so angry at each other? Because do you remember the conversation that the baker and his wife have before he's going to take a certain number of steps off to go searching? And um, she says, I'm coming with you. And he yells at her to stay there. That conversation with you and Cameron was always like, no, 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 I got it. You stay here. With Paul and I, we escalated that to like, we were yelling at each other and it was so hostile, but I don't know. It was so weird because in both of our versions, all the actions still made sense. The turmoil that she goes through when she does cheat with the prince. um, Okay, but this person is still important to me because we had this child together. It's really, that show, I think that's why I love that show so much because it can be so different depending on the choices that you make. And I just think that's, such a testament to Sondheim's writing that it can be interpreted in so many ways. And one of the things that that's, that's what I really, really love about it. But you mentioned being vulnerable and the baker's wife to me is one of the most vulnerable roles to play. And I don't know if, if this is how you connected to it, but me as a female, being vulnerable in a way where like you're this lowly person and as a female, you are made to feel like a lowly person for most of your days. And in the show, you are reminded that you are a lowly person, but then a prince comes and looks at you.
5: Mm-hmm. And there's
1: this moment of like, oh, wait, me? You're, you're looking at me? And it's very, that, that scene was always really, really difficult. And I had someone I you know really cared about and trusted working with me, but that was really difficult to show through that vulnerability of not having the confidence in yourself to like understand that someone was actually looking at you. Yeah. It's hard. It's beautiful Beautiful. though. Yeah.
8: It's beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful show. And the Baker's wife is probably, I think is hands down the most complex character I've ever been fortunate enough to play. Um, Yeah. It's really brilliant. And the whole show is brilliant. I think that's really interesting with you and Paul too, because I didn't know Cameron it was our first show together so I think a lot of our relationship also formed from us both wanting to really like each other Um, because we both really liked each other as friends outside of it but we also didn't know each other well enough to like get on each other's nerves because it was our first eight weeks working together Um, and Cameron would like come over to our house and we'd like eat Jimmy John sandwiches and run our lines and um and like it was, it was just really sweet. Like it was, and then we get to rehearsal, and it was really sweet. And he was really fun, and I really liked him, and it was like cute. And um, and that was that, you know. And so, I don't know. I related to the baker's wife in that because it was like, oh, she just like married someone she liked, you know, like okay. And then there's the yeah. prince, you know,
1: <laughs> that guy. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Krieger. <laughs>
0: Uh, thank you
8: along, looking like a Tom Cruise look I know I know he does <laughs> and I don't know if you can find it but I did watch your video and you like do little pop-ups there's a great photo of Randy coaching me and Matt through Yes, boxing. yeah and I'm If y'all look at it closely, I am terrified. Like the look on my face, I'm trying so hard because I'm pretty sure I knew Sarah was taking photos. So I was trying so hard to look pulled together. But I'm like, the fear
1: in my eyes is just like, okay, here we go. Um, I love that moment. Okay, so you just mentioned Randy coaching and you know this, but Randy would love getting on stage of like, even if you were getting something just fine, it's like, okay, no, no, I'll, I'll show you, <laughs> especially in like inopportune moments. Um, but there's another photo of Randy coaching you that always gets me right in the feels and it's from Spelling Bee. Oh, that
8: one, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I can't like, I was trying to find photos to send you for the like promo thing. And I came across that. I was like, oh, I just I like, can't even do that to Adrian. I can't send her this
1: photo. <laughs> um, but it, it's one of my most treasured photos of the two yeah. of us. It's really beautiful. We have a lot that i'm really yeah i'm really glad but you and i have like a ton of really great stage photos like some that i didn't even remember like and you know like one of the ones from from into the woods of you and i sitting down talking about you know he's a very nice prince and <laughs> those were really great memories yeah really great um
8: all
2: right yeah so i feel like you two or just all are know, we- you know, we're we got right, it. right got it up we're Michelle, starting our own podcast. Thank you. I know, I know, and I and I I encourage it. It's great. We're we're all kinds of spinoffs But we're going to wrap up the interview portion. We thank you very much Michelle Green for being a uh, part of this episode. And please stick around because we've got a few more segments before we go to Dad's After Dark and we know that Dad's After Dark opens up a lot of uh, Pandora's box, so we're we're <laughs> excited to see what will happen there. So, Adrian, what's our next segment?
1: Oh my gosh. I have a good one for you today. So the next segment is Dear Daddy. And Michelle, we would love your advice on this. Um, This is a really good question and actually hits a lot. It hits very close to home because I literally had this conversation yesterday with Hannah Shadanian. But Dear Daddy, as a young flirty and thriving 30-year-old, that is not the part that hits home, Um, how do I go on dates and also social distance? Slash, what are good social distance date ideas?
0: Oh, (laughs) asking
8: us? uh. Okay, Deborah.
0: (laughs) Except for it's ninety-eight
8: degrees. Deborah's just like you could sit at home. Yeah, I'm (laughs) doing doing a whole lot
5: lot of that.
4: Love and read that book and then chat about it on Zoom and you'll you'll fall just head over heels in love for each other. Start a little (laughs) book club.
1: (laughs) Join the book club.
0: I think you can find the older whole, uh, pick, pick a, a a spot by the lake in the shade type thing. It's outside. You can keep uh six feet apart. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but you know it is. I am old, so
8: Okay, We're so a mask. wear a mask, wearing, wearing a mask. mask.
1: You can buy one from the theater company.
8: You yes, can, yes,
0: plug. You can. Mm-hmm. We Thank have
1: the ones know. with the stretchy ear loops now. Okay, but here's my follow-up question for my friend, actually for a friend, um, and also for me. Okay, so you've talked about social distancing dates, but how do you find those people to then go on socially distant dates with? Tinder.
0: Um, the whole swipe no, thing Tinder. is not a good idea. It, I cannot think of one person that I know that was like, oh, yeah, I met this wonderful person on fire tender whatever the heck it's called. I actually fire. have
8: a
1: friend that just got engaged so Shelby Morgan who was in our production of Carousel I'm pretty sure she met her fiance on a dating app
0: oh no way alright well again I'm an old guy I have no idea I got nothing <laughs> all my ideas are like you know listening to the bop music in the 50s on the jukebox I, I got nothing what? Oh that's my gosh. not
1: helpful at all <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to consider that segment a fail.
0: Um, I'm Anonymous.
1: (laughs) It's not Anonymous. She's joining us later for Dads After Dark.
0: Fantastic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dana, you're next.
0: Oh, I'm next. All right. Uh, The TTC photo of the week. I'm always excited to show these off. As you know, (laughs) you go to theatercompany.com and you can see what I'm about to show you. Our homepage and on our homepage, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you will see, oh, Photo Archive, Little Night Magic. Music. music.
1: What? Wow.
0: Little Night wow.
2: Music. Reading is hard.
1: Reading is so hard. This show, <laughs> okay, so this show was one of the ones that no one ever came to. Uh, we what? talked about it on, What? I yeah, saw it. We, we saw, saw it. it. We came. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you, of course you guys are going to come see it. We drove down from Dallas. Just you drove this. down from Dallas for this yes. one? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, it was beautiful. It was a really beautiful show. It was one of the shows that I kind of bullied Roger into doing. Um, and that show has resulted in... Uh, like an almost annual Christmas party where we tend to break out into song and to sing this really complicated act one <laughs> song of uh, the weekend in the country is what it's called. Um, so this is Amy Hens, who you all know, um, recently Mrs. Potts. She's fabulous. This is little Bella Lee, who literally just graduated high school. Michelle, she just graduated high school. That's crazy. Yeah.
8: Like I remember when she was eight. I know. Like, I think I went to her eighth birthday party. She was and great. I brought her like a Webkins <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god. She's now 18 and going off to college. Um okay, but I this I'm what tickles me about this picture. So the young man in this photo, his name is Walker. This was the only show that he ever did at the theater. He came up and he sang a song a cappella, which is a risky thing to do and Walker is a good example as to why because you really don't know if the person's able to stay on key or not. But randy was kind of just oh man look at this wonderfully talented man so in a lot of sondheim shows there's a lot of cut songs like in merrily we roll along there's like the high school song that's cut from the show that randy actually Um, wrote a letter to Sondheim to try to get permission to do it in our show, which we didn't get to. It's fine. Uh, Sondheim actually wrote him back and said that, trust me, it doesn't belong. You'll be fine. Uh, But there's a cut song from a little night music that Walker's character sang, because he was kind of the butler to Amy's character. Uh, And it's cut, but Randy sure did get the sheet music and we plugged it in. Pretty sure he regretted it a few weeks in. (laughs) Um, But that's very much... uh, Grilled into my brain because I had to be on stage for the entire song. Funny people, silly people, silly people. That's what it's called. Um, this is not a silly show, though. It's a really beautiful show. And it's one of my favorites. And I feel like most of the people that were involved would say the same thing. That was beautiful. Yeah. That, I think,
8: was the first show I
1: saw Taylor Christensen singing. <gasps> it's beautiful. Yeah, she was in the ensemble. Yeah. Her and were the were the quintet. And, and Mary Otto, right? Mary Otto, yeah. Her and stacy and Mary, and then Michael Reeves, and then Derek. I can't remember what his last name was, but Derek.
2: So many What's pictures there? that you're gonna have to find.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tab- one of all of them.
5: I can do it. Challenge <laughs> <Yes>. accepted.
2: <laughs> all right, good. All right. So our next segment is Jennifer Riley's fun fact of the week.
6: Love Jennifer
5: Riley. Either hey Diva Dads, happy another week. And welcome to another part of my dining room. <laughs> this is Jennifer Riley, your fun fact correspondent, here with another fact for the week. So, first, I would like to introduce you all to Chester. Now, Chester is not my cat. He actually was owned by a physicist in the 70s, and he has his own pen name, FDC Willard and the reason that Chester has a pen name is because he is co-author on a physics paper that was published in 1975. So his owner is a physicist, when, and when he was writing his paper, he realized that he had used we instead of I the entire time, but instead of going back and changing it, he just added a co-author, his cat. So Chester is an internationally published, I guess, honorary physicist, which is more than I could say for my career up to this point. And so some, somewhere out there in the world, there's a manuscript with a paw print from Chester. And that is the fun fact of this week. I hope that you all are doing well. And I'm so glad that this is continuing. This has been so much fun. And I look forward to this week's episode. I'll see y'all soon. Bye. Oh my
0: goodness. So, Deborah? Can I just say that... I So... Just, She's
4: very excited. I love cats. I, I feel like you.
6: Go ahead,
0: I, I just, I just today, like right when I came back in here to get set up for divadads, I got all of my signage needed for defending my prospectus. So not defending my dissertation, but my prospectus, which I've been working on since February. And everyone finally signed off on it, but one of the things was like, if you change one thing, I know you're pointing me. you got to go back and change all this other stuff. I feel for you, kitty physicist i I'm, I feel for you and and I'm with you, and I should have just made my dog a co author because i did that a couple of times where i said we and i had to do that search find all and replace oh, paul,
1: can, paul can tell you how to do that i was gonna
0: oh, say paul, paul needed that, to be there that is hilarious <laughs> yes
1: wait where's deborah deborah come back
0: deborah you um, like kitties
1: have you ever rem- met you you remember jennifer yes do no, oh, y'all yeah. have to spend a lot of time together in rock of ages i mean some, not a ton more and more i <laughs> feel like you two should just be best friends forever <laughs>
4: okay we'll make it happen (laughs) she's fabulous
6: (laughs) all right mike
3: all right guys well first of all thank you michelle it was amazing and deborah loved it and uh, also (laughs) to our viewers out there please make sure you uh visit us at ttcdiva com. there you can connect with us through various uh, social medias the way you so choose we want to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Please stay tuned and join us for TTC Dads After Dark.
1: My Hi, TV reporter voice tells me every time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
3: Bye, guys. <laughs>